Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. If you and your partner are fighting often, does it mean you're with the wrong person? Are you in this draining relationship because you truly love her? Or just because you don't want to go through a breakup and deal with the uncertainty? And what are you doing on a daily basis to kill sexual attraction? Pillars of Awesome Relationships author Marcus Ambrester is here to help you get out of the draining relationship dynamic and tell us what happened when he decided to knock down a Navy SEAL in his office. Welcome to The New Man Today. We're talking with Marcus Ambrester. He works with combat veterans, and he's also the author of Pillars of Awesome Relationships, How to Love Your Man When You're Ready to Kill Him. Uh, You can learn more about that at PillarsofAwesomeRelationships.com. Marcus, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, man. We've we've got a lot of history. We've we've worked together shoulder to shoulder helping guys out. Um, we've known each other a long time, and and you've got this new book. It's obviously aimed at women, but guys I talk to probably can relate to that tagline. They they get really frustrated with their partner too. So describe some of the people you work with and who you're trying to help with this book. Yeah, I do. I work with men and women, and with a whole lot of couples, and. My intention when I started writing the book was to write a book for women, and the book came out pretty equally balanced, and it kind of shocked me. The biggest response that I've gotten so far is from men, and men really seem to be eating it up. And so I'm probably, next next printing, I'm probably going to have to go back and change the title of the book because men are loving it. <laughs> they're saying thank you for saving my ass with this with, because my wife was it, ready to kill me before I read before I read this. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's more like I'm halfway through the first chapter and I'm not getting a divorce anymore. Thank you. All right. Well, what, what kind of things are they coming to you? How? What are what are some specific challenges that they're facing that this book is helping them with? Most of them really have no idea what challenges they are facing. They're in this sort of blah zone where they're incredibly frustrated, but they can't pinpoint anything that's going on that's really troublesome. They know they're fighting too much. They know that they're not happy in their relationship. They also know that they love their woman incredibly, 
and they're either facing a breakup or facing a divorce just because they don't know what to do. Okay, so there's love there, but there's yeah. something breaking down in how to communicate or maybe how to navigate some of the challenges. But there's really no question. Look, I like her. I love her. I want this to work out, but there's something that I'm doing or there's something about how we're working together that is not working. Absolutely, yeah. And so what I've done, the uh, the beginning of the book is just geared toward, it's geared towards creating the mindset to understand what's going on in the relationship, to understand that when the problems come up, why they're coming up, and what we can do about it in in like a overall like an umbrella over the relationship that puts everything into perspective. And the last half of the book is specific strategies and how to avoid like the twelve most common pitfalls of relationships. And um but that first the first part of the book is a really important part just to understand what's going on. Okay. Well let's zoom out for a second. So I mean what is going on if this guy's feeling blasé and there's this big disconnect between how he's showing up and what actually how he actually feels can you describe what you see happening yeah and the the one the biggest thing that if your listeners don't get anything else out i want them to get this point that problems come up to point out the places where we aren't showing up to point out the places where we can grow, where our partners can grow, and their problems come up wherever we're shut down a little bit in some way. And so anytime those problems come up in the relationship, we need to get curious about them because that's the places where we can grow in our own lives, not just in our relationships. All right, so get... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that that's a big point to, to get curious in that place instead of what we usually do, which is get defensive or we go into I'm this way because she's this way and we get into a blame game. But you're saying to be curious about that. So here's this challenge. She's complaining or she's, you know, this is this is the, here's the rub. There's some friction here. And you're saying to get curious. What does that look like? The, the first piece. And I don't want to get into too much psychobabble. The entire book, I think I only have three psychological terms in the entire book. It's written, Pillars of Awesome Relationships is written in everyday language. But the first piece is acceptance. Accepting that what's going on is coming up for a reason. And the, having the mindset of awesome relationships, what I call the mindset of awesome relationships, is there to give people hope. And to say there is a way out. There's a way to solve this problem that's coming up. And by getting curious, we're in that place of acceptance and not freaking out, not being defensive, and just taking a look both within us and looking deeper into our partners to find out what's the like what's the problem that needs to be solved. In in one way it can look like just simple listening and you know and listening is one of the hardest things to do when we're frustrated and but hearing what she's upset about and getting curious is you know is just unbelievably valuable i don't think guys get how valuable it is that that we get curious in yeah. that place because 
Um, a lot of times we, we're like, what do I got to do to get out of this place? I don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't want there to be any yeah. friction. I don't want there to be a problem. Some guys get to this place. Well, if there's a problem, does this mean I'm with the wrong girl? Have I, have I, have yeah. I, am I going down the wrong road? And so they, they get, oh my God, what's, what's, you know, they, they get feeling trapped and that kind of thing. And so you're saying, put all that aside and just yeah. get, just yeah. listen, just he, hear what's going on. Put the agenda aside, put the, aside anything that needs that you've got to do any kind of fixing and just listen and just get curious. Yeah. And my focus is always why are, you know, what is the, what's the piece they're wanting to avoid? It's like, what's getting in the way of them being curious and wanting to know this woman better? What's getting in the way? And when, you know, if your woman's just bitching or complaining or saying, you know, you bastard, you're not essentially you're not doing good enough. You're not good enough. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. It's like, that is the time to get curious to find out what she's really upset about. I guarantee you it's not because the trash didn't get taken out. There's something else going on. And the reason most guys, in my experience, most guys don't want to hear it is because at some level they're battling their, like they're facing their own demon about feeling like they're not good enough. And so when they hear this from their, their woman, hey, you're not doing good enough, that's a that's a hot spot, that's a hot button. He doesn't want to hear it, so he's pushing that yeah. away. Yeah, and in my experience, for every time somebody tells us or even remotely implies that we're not doing good enough, it's just one of a hundred messages we're already giving ourselves that we're not good enough. And like tackling that particular demon is probably 90% of what I see going on with guys and with couples. I don't think guys realize, because this was something that was, I don't know if it was necessarily hidden from me, but this is something that rears its head in my life from time to time. And when I get conscious to it, I start to see how much of my life I've set up so that I can avoid that possibility that I would be reminded I'm not good enough. Does that make sense? Like, I totally... Yeah, okay, I'm not going to go down that road because if I don't do it well, I don't want to get the message that I'm not good enough. Like, I, I just see where I'm playing defense, if it's unconscious, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so if I'm navigating a relationship, I'm not going to be with a woman that's going to uh, challenge me to be a better version of me. I'm going to um, go, I'm gonna design my relationships. I'm going to design my work life. I'm going to design everything to basically uh, help me stick my head in the sand. If if that's what's going on, then the results you get from that are are not going to be the best version of ourselves, and they're not going to keep our awareness focused on you know the area our growth areas to help us move forward to achieve bigger and better things in life. Okay, well, I want to address maybe something that this feels a little bit like a tangent, but you know, if she's bitching and complaining, like, could it also just be that we're not we're really not good? good partners for each other. I mean, you know, I get that it's going to help me see where I can be a better guy, but isn't there a point where it's just like, you know what, this isn't the girl for me. I don't want to hear this bitching and complaining. Like, do you help guys identify when it's time to, to move on and versus this relationship's going to help me grow? Yeah. And I, I hear that a lot. I hear that from men and women. It's like, what if this just isn't the right person? And I've very, very rarely being a couple at a point where they can make that decision with all the information they truly need to, to make a good decision about whether or not they're with the right person. Most of the time, 
there's so much more that we can do to make our relationship better, so much more that we can do to show up in a good way, to give the relationship a real honest chance of working, to, to take the gifts that we both bring and to take the natural chemistry that we have together and to really make it flourish. Most people aren't doing the things they need to do to give the relationship a chance. And so having that discussion about am I with the right person or not is really premature. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's where it comes back down to is if it's going to take work, then why should I bother? Like I'm, I could just hear in the guys, you know, cause I hear some guys like, Oh, this doesn't work and this isn't great. And she's bitching and moaning and he starts to bitch and moan. But it's like, well, you could do something about it, and I could just feel this resistance, like, ugh, I don't want to do anything, or I don't know if it's going to be worth it. I don't want to waste the time or the energy. So, you know, everything we really want is outside of our comfort zone. So, yeah. what is it that, yeah, why it, is it worth it? You know? sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And, oh my gosh, it's outside of my comfort zone. I can't sit here and play Xbox all the time and have a great relationship. It's like, yeah, there are going to be some things you know, that are, that are outside our comfort zone that are really freaking good for us. Mm. And we are going to have to work. It's the same way, you know, in any, any life pursuit worth having is like, we're going to have to work our asses off to get something really awesome in our lives. And I don't resent that. In fact, I'm really thankful for it because there are things that I want to do that I know I'm not capable of doing yet. I'm going to have to bust my ass to get to the point where I can do you know, ultimately the things that I want to do in my life. Right. And that's, that's true for everybody that I've ever met. Well, I think this brings up the larger question of why are you in the relationship to begin with? You know, if, if, if this guy stepped into this relationship and this was unconscious, but he didn't want to be alone or he didn't want to be uncomfortable, um, whatever, right? Like it just, this, this yeah. is good enough then he's going to diminish. He's going to step out of that conversation, which is what do I really want in my life? He's, he's trading that uncertainty, that path of growth and that path of uncertainty for something that'll keep him safe and comfortable. He trades that passion and that, uh, that real oomph. You know, that, I think that's a, that's a technical term, oomph, for, uh, for life, for a false sense of security. So I, does it ever come down to you? Are you asking those questions? Like, why are you with this person? What's this really all about? The, yeah. And most of the time, and by most, I mean, all the time, it comes down to there's something that drew those people together in the first place. And like every couple that comes to me started off with a great connection with each other. And they had that feeling like the heavens opened up and God put this angel in their life just for them. And over time, they feel like that connection's either been lost or just buried under a mountain of hurt and frustration and anger and resentment. Mm. And that, that happens because we don't have the relationship skills. We don't have the emotional skills. and We don't have the communication skills to be able to resolve the problems as they come up. And when we have those skills, when we have the mindset, what I'm calling the mindset of awesome relationships in the emotional and communication skills to be able to resolve those problems, they don't pile up and we're able to enjoy that, that natural chemistry that, you know, that brought us together and enjoy that connection that we started off with and be able to grow from there together. Sounds like that they started out in this place. Things were good. There was this kind of magical time that they were together. Hopefully it wasn't too alcohol induced. 
and yep. uh, <laughs> and then and then you know life starts to happen. There, there's we don't have the tools to relate. We don't have the you know there's some some skills that we need to learn. There's a mindset that that we maybe didn't step into, and that this creates a um, it creates a lot of hurt. It creates a lot of a lot of baggage, and then it's hard for us to reconnect again. Uh, and, and find that place where we really are connected and we really do give a shit about one another because there's all this stuff there. There's all this, this hurt and history yeah. and baggage in the way. Absolutely. Describe this different mindset uh, that will really help this guy move forward. Yeah. The, well, let me tell you the story first. I had a uh, couple come in a couple of years ago, and this guy was a Navy SEAL just you know, still 10 foot tall and bulletproof. He'd been, he'd been out of the military for 10 years, but still he was one of those dudes that I wouldn't want to mess with. And, you know, still just, just bulked up and super, super physically fit. And he was, she was complaining that he never shared his feelings, never, you know, appreciated her and was just kind of shut down. And he was like, I don't want to talk about my feelings all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, what does she want from me? You know, what does she want? Does she want my soul? It's like, well, yeah, she does. Absolutely. She <laughs> she wants all of you. And uh, the and so he's constantly in, like, his tough guy persona. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the piece I was wanting to talk to him about, wanted to, you know, awaken in him was, this, was his balance. And so I said, you know, which side's your strong side? Your right side or your left side? He said, Oh, my right side. I said, Okay, stand up on on your left or stand on your right foot there. And I just and this was I wouldn't recommend this. If anybody takes me in front of the you know, review board, I'll deny it. I literally just fucking shoved him over on the couch, standing mm-hmm. on one foot. And he looked at me like, Oh my god, I can't believe you just did that <laughs> and real quickly I was like Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That must have been your weak side. I'm sorry. So stand on the other foot. That must be your strong side. And it pushed him again, and he was ready for it, and he hopped a little bit and stayed upright. And the, you know, I was like, and when you're standing on just one foot, you got no strength. There is no strength outside of balance. And that involves, you know, our, our toughness, our drive, our dedication, and also the other side is our vulnerability. And that's the big thing that men just seem absolutely terrified of is that tender place inside, that tender part of us, that vulnerable part of us. And one of the main reasons it's so terrifying is the self-worth piece, the fear that I'm not freaking good enough. And, you know, women are always complaining. It's like, he won't talk about his feelings. He won't talk about his feelings. And, like, it's not that he won't talk about his feelings. He doesn't want to talk about the stuff he doesn't want to talk about. And women are just as guilty of that as men are. But it, in order for us to talk about the stuff that, you know, is really vulnerable for us and really scary for us to talk about, we have to have an incredibly safe environment. And that's where curiosity comes in. Is if I'm curious, I want to hear what's going on with you, and I'm not going to be judging anything that comes out of your mouth, and I'm going to be wanting you to tell me more. You know, and the, you know, if there's one phrase to give your listeners, it's tell me more. And so, how does he get into that place? Because I can imagine he could, 
He could go through the motions and he could grit his teeth. Tell me more. When really he just wants to run. He wants to get out of there. Yeah. And especially if he doesn't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he doesn't want to be vulnerable. And I, I just wanted the guys out there to consider, you know, the vulnerability is just another way of saying accessible. It's, it's being accessible. Yeah. You know, that what he was, ta- what Marcus was talking about with this guy is like, this guy was not accessible. He was this tough guy all the time. And there was all no the way time. to kind of get in there and really get to know who he was. And that's what she, I was imagining what she was, she was wanting to, to, uh, to experience. There was no one to be in relationship with because he was just this kind of hard, tough guy. So, but coming back to this, how do we get into that mindset where we want to know more? It comes down to I'm scared of what's going to come out, and that's what keeps us from kind of sliding into that vulnerability is I'm scared that I'm not good enough. I'm scared, and it's like I'm scared that if I listen to her, she's going to prove that I'm not good enough. Mm. Like that's the the assumption, the the silent assumption, the unconscious you know, assumption that we make, and it's simply not true. Okay. It's, so it's, a, that's, that's really far ahead. You know, I could, I could imagine in his words, he's like, I'm tired. I don't have time for this. I've been listening to bitching and moaning from other things all day long. I want to just rest. But you're yeah. saying that the real resistance, what's really going on underneath there is that if I were to actually listen to her, something she says might hit me too close to home. And I don't want to feel that. I don't want to see that part of me. I don't want to see what she sees about me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he's really yeah. resisting. That's what he's really resistant to. And, wow. you know, if, um, you know, we've all had a situation in some job or, you know, working with a coach or mentor or somebody that has, you know, had some feedback for us that basically said, you're not getting the job done. And there's two ways to handle that. One is to discount it in some way to blow it off or to make excuses and, you know, and kind of sort of convince ourselves that we're really doing okay, even though the evidence, you know, is to the contrary. And another way is to say, hey, I want to be better at this. I want to get the job done. I want to, you know, I want to knock the ball out of the park. And in order to have that mindset where you welcome the feedback and want to want to grow and want to be better, whether it's in your job or in your relationship, the mindset has to be, you know, a fundamental sense of our own worth. And if there were a way that, you know, I could anoint everybody on this planet right this second with a sense of their own worth, I would do it. Yeah. How much of our lives do we spend trying to prove that we're good enough or we're all right enough? Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and again, this is one of those things that most guys just do not see. Um, yeah that's happening, but it, it is, it's underneath there. Um, yeah. Tell me a bit about this prime directive. You talk about the prime directive in a relationship. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you know, it's a Star Trek term that I co-opted <laughs> and um, yeah, I just outed myself as a big Star Trek geek. The, um, well, the chicks love Star Trek. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Boy, howdy. The, now, um, are you more of a of a of a which which one are you? Because there's so many Star Trek. So which one? Like what? what the, you know? Oh, the the next generation is one that turned me on. All right, and, Picard. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, with Captain Picard, everything uh, since then. 
Okay. So, although um, I mean, you got to hand it to Kirk, man, with the green ladies and stuff. He had, he had, <laughs> he had it going on. He went where no man has gone before. Okay, so <laughs> that's right. All right, no so, human man. All right, the prime directive. Yeah. Walk me through it. Prime directive in um, in our relationships. The what I want guys to focus on that everything that comes out of their mouth, and I realize I'm setting a really freaking high bar right here. But everything, everything that comes out of our mouth needs to be supportive and loving. And in order to do that, you know, we've got to remove any obstacles to doing that. And so the number one problem I see with people doing that is, you know, they, well, when I say, you know, everything out of your mouth has to be loving, they will say, I can't do that. Or, but she did this. You know, and they'll come up with some kind of reason why they can't. And that's the place where I get curious. What's getting in the way of you being able to, you know, speak lovingly or supportingly to her? And are you talking, we're not talking about being an ass kisser, though. Like there's a way to be firm and loving. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I just want and to put that even, out there that this isn't all rainbows and flowers and stuff. That, but, yeah. Okay. No. And that's where. In Pillars of Awesome Relationships, I've got an entire chapter dedicated to setting boundaries. And Good. So, yeah, I'm not talking about just kissing her ass. I'm talking about saying, hey, I love you so fucking much. I'm crazy about you, and I want this to work. And when you talk to me this way, like, I can't hear you. Like, mm. I shut off. Like, I, you know, and I don't want to stay in that conversation. Like, man, I want to hear what you're upset about, but if you're just telling me I'm an asshole and I'm always fucking up, then, you know, I can't stay with you with that. Don't expect me to hang around in in that environment. It's not not constructive. It's not going to move forward. And then follow that up with, you know, I want to hear. It's like, say it again. I want to hear what you're upset about. I want this to work. I want to be with you. And I want us to be awesome together. You know, and so you're you're saying, giving her, you know, three or four messages that say, you're important to me. I want to hear what's going on. I'm crazy about you. When you say this, I can't hear it. And, you know, I'm telling you this because you're that important to me. And I want us to make our relationship awesome. Got and it. It's like that's a whole lot to say, but what you're doing is you're... you're Saying it in a way that she will probably be able to hear you. Okay. Yeah, and rather than her saying, you're an asshole, you didn't do this, you didn't take out the garbage, and you saying, but you didn't make this phone call that I needed you to make, or, you know. Or, you I'm haven't had sex with me all week, right? Yeah, exactly. And the sex piece is huge. And let's make sure we save time to get to that in a second. Like the prime directive basically says, stay in touch with your passion your desire for her, your desire to be with her, no matter what's going on, and communicate that. And so it's like, it's okay to confront her about stuff that doesn't feel good. In fact, it's necessary, but in doing it, you have to communicate that you want to be close to her and how important she is to you. And that means staying in touch with your, with your own heart, your own desire. And when you do that, I mean, 
you know, ladies hear it. Okay. You know, and, and the um, and it's like because they're hearing your desire to be with her, there's something inside of her that's going to relax and soften. And it's not a battle, a push and pull thing. It's a, hey, let's go to this place together that feels better. Right. Right. I think that's the part that's missing in here is that if we're if we're just focused on that, what do I got to do? You know, playing not to lose, right? So I'm playing yeah. not to lose face. I'm playing not to lose my self-esteem. I'm playing to protect these things. I'm playing to not lose comfort. Then I'm going to get into a blame game. I'm going to get into that push-pull uh, kind of a thing. But if yeah, I've got a and- if I've got a directive on where I want this relationship to go, I know what it's possible. I know that together we can work on this. I know that I got my part in it then I can stay focused on that, and that's going to take me through some uncertainty. It means I'm going to, have to say some things that will be disruptive, but they will be in service of the greater prime directive of, that, of what, what I really love about you, what I really care about you, and what I really want in this relationship. I'm not going to tolerate the blame game stuff because I see a, a, a higher possibility for us. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, yeah. And it's no coincidence that whenever there's blame going on, it's not about the the content of what we're talking about. It's always a function of self worth. Mm. Like it's it's always I'm not the bad guy. You're the bad guy. And there's a judgment around worth, you know, embedded in those statements somewhere. Whenever yeah. we get into the blame game. Yeah. Well, you said you wanted to hit on the on the topic of sex. I know that I've been in relationships, and it just seems like that's the. That's the, if you want to talk about the worth, like I, she can say all the things she wants, but if we're not having sex, I don't feel it. I don't feel that, um, that real sense of desire and that things are okay. And I know that a lot of other guys can have that, that kind of thing too. So tell us a bit more about what's going on there. Yeah. With the, you know, it's kind of a, the classic conundrum that women have to feel, you know, really met emotionally in order to to bring their sexuality and men have to feel met sexually to bring their, their emotionality and their vulnerability. It's a beautiful and, cosmic joke, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so the, um, and in fact, I think that that cosmic joke line, I think I stole that from you because I've been using that for years now. <laughs> and so I appreciate that. And sure. I never freaking give you credit for it, but yeah, it's like this big cosmic joke. And the way that, the way that I see it is a chance for both of us to come to a more balanced place. And there's, you know, I interviewed a lot of women about sexuality and I've got a chapter in the book just on sexuality for women. So there's a chapter in Pillars of Awesome Relationships just about this. The, when my question was, what is the spiritual essence of sex for women? And one camp, as safety hmm. and that it's about safety. It's about emotional safety as well as physical safety. So she's and having sex in order to feel more secure with her partner. Is that what you're saying? It's partially, but also she's got to feel safe and secure with her partner in order to open up her sexual energy and to bring her sexual energy. For sure. And, the, and guys, and I just want to press stop, right, pause right there, because yeah. guys, think about it, okay? How much bigger are you than your partner, right? Like, you're going to physically get on top of her, get inside her. How vulnerable is that? 
Imagine a guy that's a foot tall, you know, a few inches taller than you, weighs 50 pounds more than you. He's going to get on top of you. How does that feel? Think, go ahead and imagine that, guys. <laughs> Think about it. Right now, there's a big dude that wants to get all inside of you, okay? It's scary, all right? So let's. I, I'm yeah. glad you hit the security piece because there's this expectation like, gosh, what's going on with her? Why doesn't she feel safe? You know, why doesn't she want this? Like, it's freaking scary if she's, do- if she's not feeling so secure. Okay, go for it. Yeah, and... There's the emotional part of that security, which is I need to know that I'm getting all of this man and he is all about me, that I am, you know, that I am the one that he is totally open to and wants to be with. And so there's the the physical safety, the physical security and the emotional side of being emotionally safe. So that, 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 that she's desired... And she's not just there to, so he can basically masturbate with somebody there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, she needs to know that her heart is the one that's being honored and seen and adored. And then, then she can bring her sexuality to the table. Okay. You know, we hear so many complaints from guys that, you know, they're, they're not as sexual with their women that the women aren't as sexual with them as they want. And the irony is that women have like an order of magnitude, more sexual energy and sexual fire than men do. But it's up to us to unlock it. And how we do that is by meeting them on every level. Like when we are met physically and emotionally and spiritually, that's when that's when sexuality is at its best. And women seem more highly attuned than men for the most part in picking up on the subtleties of, of being met on all those levels. Okay. And so the, um, it's like they not only want us physically. Guys, if you're thinking your woman doesn't want you, guess again, she does. She just wants all of you, not just your cock. Okay. And so if she... And she wants to be wanted in a certain way. Absolutely. Okay. She wants to be wanted fully and wholly. And the and that means her emotionality and her, and her physicality too. But also she wants to be known on every level. Okay. This is some high level stuff. So I'm imagining that, yeah. you know, the guys out there is like, well, now what do I do? How, 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 where does he do just do? start? Because this is, you know, this is this could be a whole other series of, of discussions. But where would yeah. what would you give back the guy that's listening? You know, okay, he's got a, a new awareness here. He got, he's got some ideas to start to play with. But how could he start to uh, practice this? They, the first piece is listening, and listen. It's almost like there's an old exercise in therapy where you you get a couple to sit in each other's seats and sort of imitate each other. And, you know, and it usually turns into a, a laughing jovial thing pretty quickly because people really play up how the other's acting. But it's... I was just thinking about Christopher Walken's wife sitting across. <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny. Okay. I was wondering, tonight, we should have sex yeah. in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so okay, I so think you and Alex need to make that YouTube video. <laughs> and I, I want to see that up by, you know, 
right after you put B to bed tonight. All right. Absolutely. The, um, you know, one of the exercises that lawyers do is they practice switching sides of a case and arguing the other side's point so that they know everything that opposing counsel has to say. They know everything that's going to be coming at them, and they know their opponent's argument better than their opponent knows it themselves. And if we take that same kind of that same skill and apply it to our relationships, I want guys to know what's going on with their women so well that they could make their woman's case for them. Because when they do that, you know, and it's it can be as simple as paraphrasing what your partner's upset about, saying, Okay, when I left this morning I hadn't taken the trash out and I had said that I was going to do that, and you felt like it was yet another example of I don't care and you can't depend on me. You know, it's like it may be that simple in some cases, but what happens when women hear, and all of us for that matter, but when women hear their own thoughts and feelings reflected back to them, something inside them relaxes and they don't feel like it's an adversarial thing. And when, you know, when they relax in that way, then they're going to be more open to hearing what we have to say. Yeah. And well, well, I just so, want to say that it's not so, just listening, it's that reflecting part. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I could just sit, be sitting here listening to you and be like, okay, thanks, Marcus, bye-bye. And you'd be like, well, I don't know, was that good? Did he get the, get the point or whatever, yeah. you know, these podcasts go out. I don't know if anybody's listening until they, you know, email me back and say it was a great show. So, but it, it is that, you know, are you, ha, reflect it back. What are you hearing? And, and obviously what does it mean? Not just, okay, I didn't, I get that you're mad that I didn't take the, take out the trash, but what does that really mean? I think that's the bigger part is like, this is the impact. This is why yeah. it really matters to you. And that's what we are not trained to listen for in our culture at all because I guarantee you she's making an assumption about what it means when you don't take the trash out or what it means when you stayed out you know longer than you said you would with your friends she's got some kind of meaning that she's associating with it and if you're going to make peace with her you've got to understand what it means to her and once she gets to express that and and feels heard in expressing it, then you can talk about, you know, whether or not that's actually true. But the first crucial piece before you can, you know, start talking about, well, that's not actually, you know, it's not that I don't care about you. It's that this happened and, you know, I wound up staying late. I ran into this person. Like before you can talk about whether or not her assumption is true, she's got to express it and know that, that, you have heard what it means to her. Yeah. Make sure that, you know, before you go into the why or the explanation or any of that kind of stuff, make sure that you guys are on the same page about what her assumption is. It's not that it's the truth. Just make sure that you under that you guys are on the same page. Is this your story? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, great. Now, are you curious about what's really going on? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and I, and I imagine uh, Marcus has got some great tools for that in the book. So where, where can we learn more about you and your work? Uh, pillars of awesome relationships.com is the website and, uh, the book's available there. You get some bonuses. If you go to the website, it's also available on Amazon, but 
I'd encourage guys to go to the website. And uh, we've got a webinar that's going to be coming out the middle of December. And it's a six-part webinar just about everything we've been talking about. And we've hit all the high spots that during the webinar we're going to get into some of the intricacies of it you know, a little more deeply. And um, anybody who buys the book right away, you're automatically getting into the Pillars of Awesome Relationships Club for free. Okay. So that's, uh, yeah, and so you'll have access to a whole lot of, whole lot of goodies. And um, so it's like uh, one, of the, one of the goodies I'll just throw out there is an audio on how to end relationships instantly. It's like, what's the one word? And we've already touched on it is curiosity. When you get curious, the arguments, the tone of the arguments shift dramatically as soon as you get curious. Beautiful. Well, I, you know, one of the things I really appreciate about you, Marcus, is that, you know, you're this big some bitch. You're usually wearing a big cowboy hat and boots. And um, yeah. you you integrate the balls and the heart, you know, and, and you're willing to get into a room and push a Navy SEAL down. <laughs> <laughs> In service yeah. of uh, of really helping him get somewhere, I've witnessed you do some pretty amazing things. You've helped me a lot, and um, so I, you know, we don't have a lot of these role models out there for guys because you, you know, these these types of ideas could be explained from some other guys, and I could just hear us rolling. You know, I could hear all the eyes rolling, just like, oh god, what, yeah. I, you know, I got to put my balls on a on a plate and go lock them up somewhere in order to do yeah. this. But you know, you're you're demonstrating how we can do this. And, uh, and keep our balls intact. So thank you so much for your work, man. Absolutely. It's an honor. There's so much more to The New Man than these interviews. So visit thenewmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.